Macarion to Stokes, who's onside. Here's Sims to put Stokes from Southampton. They could finish the job here. It's Shane Long, and he has done it. Just a minute to play. That's stoppage time. Here's Letizia. Hello and welcome to the Saints FC podcast. This is the podcast that is all about Southampton Football Club and the trials and tribulations um, of that club. And um, this week it's uh, going to be a little bit different from normal. I think I say that most weeks now. So, you know, maybe the normal episode is, is out the window. Um, but Mr. Tom Parker uh, is away on holiday in Portugal. Um, I have managed to find another person who lives in London who supports Southampton, or, or actually maybe more likely he, he kind of found us. Um, you may, if you've been a long-time listener of the show, re- remember us reading out an email from William Porteous Blythe, the pirate from the good ship uh, South London Arr. Saints supporters. Um, so, William... Good to have you on the show. Welcome Thank on. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, it's good to be here. But quite shocking to be here, but it's good to be here. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got to get some little bits of admin done at the start of the show. Go for then, it, mate. then we're going to have a proper introduction to you and, and who you are. Um, so first of all, uh, I'd like to say we are still sponsored by Beer Fifty Two. Yes, this means you can still get free beer if you haven't got your free beer yet. Head to beer52.com forward slash saints. All you have to do is pay for the postage and they will deliver a box of beer to your door. Uh, eight beers for free, um, you know, plus the postage. Uh, it is a beer subscription service, so if you really love your craft beers, you can stick in for the long run and get a box delivered every month. And if you try it out and you decide actually you just want to stick with your normal kind of Foster's, Carling, etc., you can cancel the box, no hassle. So very easy peasy. Um, so head to beer52.com forward slash saints if you like delicious beer, as we do. Oh. That almost went everywhere. Yeah, that almost went everywhere. My beer mat stuck to my beer glass and I nearly <laughs> threw beer all over my work laptop. Oh, um, these are the boss. hazards. These are the hazards of free beer. And he's actually cleaning it up, listeners, yeah. as well. This is, this is lovely. He's very uh, tentative. Have a and tissue he's... in your pocket if you're drinking the free beer from Beer for Two. Right, anyway, if you'd like to email in and tell us about your free beer or what you think about Southampton's performances, um, you can do so saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us at saintsfcpodcast on Twitter or you can find us on Reddit, um, all sorts of different places where the Saints fans, we're normally there as well. So let's give you a proper welcome to the show, William. So um, how long have you been a Saints fan for? Oh my God, I, d- actually d- I genuinely don't know. I'm, I was thinking about this last night um, whilst watching the most gutting match of the day I've ever watched in my life. And it was, um, I think the first match I ever went to was Aldershot versus Tiverton Town. Right. Aldershot won 6-2. But my dad took me to see Saints at the Dell and it was 91, I think. And we drew one all with Nottingham Forest. And the cage, the, not the cages, but the thing, the, the like the remnants of the the... Things were still up. What do they call them? The cages. What, like, the kind of, like the cages in front of the terraces to stop yeah. you getting onto the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were still there. But um, but the, the, the why wasn't there. So it was, God, Jesus, like 10, I was like 10 years old. Yeah. And okay. it was the most boring match in, in, in all of mankind. Yeah. It was horrific. And then you fell in love with the Saints. And then I fell in love with the Saints. Um. Okay, and uh, I mean, obviously, you, you listened to the Saints SC podcast. You got in contact, love it, uh, with us through that. Um, there was a game which was on the telly, and none of us were going, so we all met up in the pub. Yeah, and you know, there we go, another Saints you know fan friendship <laughs> has blossomed. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's a little bit more to you than than meets the eye initially because yeah. we thought you were a pirate, but it turns out you're a podcaster. I as am. Well. I am a podcaster. I'm obsessed with it. And actually, funny enough, you guys, I think I'd. I tried to find a Southampton podcast about two years ago and I stumbled across it. I can't remember what it's called now. And um, 
I was gutted because it just, it was so intermittent. And then I gave it a two year break, went into iTunes, searched Southampton Football Club, whatever. And you, you guys came up, came down and I was literally just, oh my God, this is amazing. And there are a bunch of other ones as well. Now it's like two others or whatever that are worth a go. But I don't know what it is, man. But for some reason, I've really stuck with you guys. <laughs> and um, so enough of the flirting, William. Um, tell us a bit about your podcast. It's not a football podcast. You no. have interests outside of Southampton yes, uh, Football Club. Yeah. It's, what, it's what, all, what's it about? Well, it's all politics. So, But it's kind of like, I, I mean, it started out as a, a sort of a Lib Dem kind of thing, but then has evolved... In, in, it evolved in, in a way that I never could have imagined to sort of stuff like um, interviewing people like Hesseltine, uh, Gina Miller, um, Ken Clark, basically kind of centery lefty kind of stuff. It's pretty heavy Brexit. Yeah. Yeah. It's all Brexit. I'm not going to lie. But then... Is that all the political classes are still talking about? You it, know, what, yeah. Uh, if we, we're not bombing Syria, then, you know, it's yeah. it's pretty much all about... Uh, Brexit, and, uh, which is her- her- horrific, obviously. I mean, it's not a political show, obviously. This, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty sad the the state of uh, the the political affairs we're going to now because Brexit is just basically crapping on everything. So, I mean, doing a kind of like political podcast. It- does that kind of leave potential for a podcast to be more depressing than a Southampton themed podcast at, do, at this do, point? Do you know what, mate? Actually, um, no, there there is no room. Southampton. I almost went uh, very a little bit Southampton there. Yeah. I almost went Southampton. Um, I think the state of Southampton at the moment is so depressing. It is worse than the state of. of Absolutely. Politics. I, I, I watched Peston on on ITV this morning, and I was like genuinely upbeat watching Emily Thornbury talk about like Syria and bombing and stuff and not in a horrible <laughs> vile way just literally listening to Emily Thornbury it, it makes me happier than thinking about saints at the moment I mean come on right so, so if anyone fancies a break from you know their football themed podcast and they're yep. going to head to your podcast which is the Limehouse podcast that is correct yeah um, and you can find it in all Good, These all good, good podcasting yeah. outlets. HMV. Um, say, I mean, if if you're going to send a first-time listener back to any one episode, which one do you think they should they should try out for their first episode? That's a really good question. Uh, I did I did one with our future, our choice, and there are a bunch of young people fighting Brexit, and and it's a wonderful conversation because they're just really open-minded. They're new. I mean, when I was twenty odd years old, I was interested in Iraq. Yeah. But these guys are like focus. It's unbelievable. It's a wonderful conversation. So yeah, our future, our choice, or perhaps, um, oh, geez, Louise, Gina Miller. That Gina was a Miller. good one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then um, one last thing about you before we go onto the football. Uh, we we can also give your business a quick plug since you've come <laughs> all the way up here. Yeah. So, why not? Um, yeah. Do yeah. you want to give us a quick little advert for your business? Yeah. It, it, we're called. Uh, we're called. I'm called uh, Porteous Blythe Gardens, and we service me and my dogs the south of London. I'm not. I know it sounds like I'm taking the piss, but I do actually have a gardening service. So if you need anything, just you know, hook us. Hook us up. I'll hook you up. Is that the right thing to say? Yeah, I think this is yeah. where you need to give like a telephone number or an email address so people um, can get in contact with you e- for your gardening services. E- email would be email. W Morgan Porteous, P-O-R-T-E-O-U-S, at gmail.com or Do- just porteousblithegardens.com. Okay. Yeah. Um, great. So let's get on to the football. <laughs> um, last Sunday... Uh, we met up in a charming pub uh, over in Islington. Yeah. Uh, the Orwin Castle, which had a nice selection of craft beers, not oh. unlike the types that you get in Beer 52, in beer 52 boxes. Um, and we went to the Emirates. You know, I wasn't feeling confident at all, but um, I've been to the Emirates three times before to watch Southampton. Yeah. Uh, two League Cup games and one Premier League game before, and I'd never seen us lose. Um, I had seen what I consider the greatest goalkeeping performance ever uh, from Fraser Forster, which, gosh, that sounds like ancient history now. And um, obviously two kind of wins in, in the League Cup as well. Um, also seen some cracking goals there as well, scored by scored by Saints players. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of got in there. We started okay, you know, it was a yeah, little bit back yeah. and forth. No one team was really kind of taking control. Arsenal kind of had, 
I wouldn't say like a half strength side, but like, you know, it was maybe a three Europa quarters. League, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was they like had Europa League. Fatigue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we started pretty well. Yeah. Um, and Shane Long got, you know, a goal in 17 minutes, which is the kind of goal which only someone like Shane Long could get. You know, it's a real tries goal. Like, he had no reason to kind of be there. It should have been. <laughs> totally easy <laughs> yeah, yeah. simple defending yeah. for for arsenal but he was there and he, he nicked it and he put it past petr Cech. yeah it was wonderful and i i was saying to you earlier like how i couldn't believe i i tried to recount the goal in my mind and i've, I've got it kind of there now but i couldn't believe it i was like no 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 not shane long no, they've got someone who's like, you know, Gulli de Prado. It's like, it's, I couldn't actually focus my mind. Mind you, I was pretty shocked jumping yeah. up and down as I was. Um, you know, and I say, you know, fair play to Shane Long, because I think as we're going into the into the game, so me, me and my brother all went along and, um, you know, quite a few other Saints fans there. And the general chatter was kind of like, you know, why Shane Long? Why not Charlie Austin? You know, we'd seen Charlie Austin yeah. um, was fit again. We've seen him training. He'd obviously made an appearance um, in the previous match. So I think people were expecting Charlie Austin to be on from the start. But you, you've got to say, I mean, Shane Long was was well worth his place. I mean, it was interesting to see Saints, you know, they, they kind of lined up in a four five one formation. Which I think was sensible being away yeah. um, at the Emirates, yeah. um, especially after we were carved open so brutally by West Ham in the previous game. God, that was And then brutal. to have Shane Long leading the line also seemed pretty sensible because he's a good bully. And I think Arsenal players can sometimes be a little bit fragile. Yeah. And I, do you know what's really funny just picking up on that point is because I think about Shane Long, my head sinks. I'm, I know that's a horrible thing to say because based on the couple of performances I've seen him like put out there, but... When I did see him starting up, I was like, why not Charlie? But, you know, I I, I think, like, personally, um, Shane Long, my God, I know we're getting on to Chelsea in a minute, but he's a dude right now. Yeah. I I, I want to I wanna go for a beer with Shane Long. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Hopefully a celebratory Saints have survived the season. <laughs> or, or have won the FA Cup. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Post, post FA Cup victory. Oh, show, he's quite small. I'd probably hold him for a long time and put in my top pocket. Yeah. Well, Bless him. Why not? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, say so Saints are 1-0 up. Yeah. And obviously we like to concede goals in quick succession. I mean, the two Arsenal goals in return were 10 minutes apart, but it felt like they were kind of more closely together yeah 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 definitely and there was there was a similar feel to them both as well wasn't it i mean it, describe you know what what you kind of felt when when the obama Yang goal you know the build up to that what what are you expecting from saints as, a, as that all happened well firstly i'd like to just say that i couldn't believe that we'd scored in the first place it was like when i went to see saints and uh, against man united and rodrigo scored in the first two or three minutes i couldn't believe it so i was fully prepared for this to happen yeah. in my heart i knew this is bullshit this is a lie someone's lying to me so when the first goal went in i was like this isn't a goal it's a trickly kind of like non-entity goal totally almost against the run of play when the second one went in i i was devastated like yeah, yeah. of course i was like, like everybody else like but it was still we were away from home so yeah. it was kind of like yeah you know fine like we're gonna lose this game anyway but it was I think it's just the way we conceded it. It was just, you know, your your brother's to my right, and he was just like head in his hands, down by his knees, devastated. And I was like, I'm a 36, 36 year old guy. I've seen I've seen this happen too many times to get actually devastated. It was more of like, yeah, all right then. Um, but I mean, there, there were two goals where you kind of think like. You know, if we had a destroyer like a Wanyama. Oh, okay. Or yeah, yeah. Absolutely. If we had players that were willing to kind of like commit to challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Or, we would, you know, it was horrendous. It was yeah. just, it was laughable. Absolutely laughable. It's what we've been doing the whole goddamn season. We've had two. I mean, Yoshi was all right, though. Yeah. He was all right, but then it's just. Oh. I mean, funny enough, despite the fact that those two kind of goals almost felt like they'd been kind of waltzed in. Right, bit. okay, and, yeah. And, and, you know, and they were both kind of like, there was a little bit of good fortune for Arsenal. Um, there was a little bit of poor defending from Southampton. Um, generally feeling, at half-time, I felt probably more positive even being 2-1 down than, than perhaps um, at the start of the game. Although yeah. there is that kind of feeling that, you know, once Saints have conceded a goal and then conceded another, they're just not going to pick themselves up. But one thing that Mark Hughes 
had shown, you know, in the matches against Wigan, good halftime team talk came out much better in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So West Ham, I mean, we were much better in the second half, but you could hardly be worse than you were in the, the <sighs> first half. And we still need a second, you know, so, I mean, you can argue the toss on that one a bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, this, this halftime mm. team talk obviously went well for Saints because we came out in the second half and again, we looked more hungry for the ball. We looked up for it again. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, I mean, what he, he brought off, was it oh Mario Yoshida for Charlie Austin? Oh God, I can't remember yeah, now. We, 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 we got... I was yeah, definitely yeah. had a few pints in me by then. Yeah. But I no, no, we did make it. He, he made a positive game management, shall we say, change. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it got to the hour mark and we were kind of, it was we were pushing Arsenal a bit. I mean, they'd had some chances, we'd had some chances. Yeah. It was looking like the game could go either way. And he made a positive attacking substitution, pulling off a defender and bringing on a striker. Yeah. And almost with his first touch. He's get he's going to get you a goal. goal. Yeah. He, that's, that's what obviously Tom said on this, on this show, a whole bag of times. He's just going to get you goals. It's what he's, it, and it, you can't fault him, you know? I mean, I wouldn't want to go for a drink with him, but I mean, like he's going to get you a goal yeah. and it's what he does. I mean, yeah you know the injuries aside but he really gave us spirit and along with Longy you're just thinking to yourself okay we are sorted here this is good you know Hughes is doing the business however it's those two centre-backs it's just horrific but I mean we really had the upper hand at this point I remember telling to you and saying at 2-2 you know I I think we're going to go on and get the winner here um, yeah, I felt that as well, mate. I genuinely, I think I, um, when you said that, I was thinking that as well. Yeah. I was like, there is no way Saints are coming away from here with nothing. It's the hope that kills. <laughs> because <laughs> don't think it. I mean, and then, you know, <clears throat> what happens is there's a long cross into the box at the back post. And uh, all of the goals, it seems like we've conceded this season. Um yeah. You know, or, or so many of the important goals we've considered this season. It's been a long ball into the back post. And, oh, look, there's Cedric Suarez oh. uh, marking their big man striker. And it was, once again, far too easy. Danny Welbeck yeah, gets, thing, the, gets the ball in the goal. The thing is, Suarez is going to give you that that width. And as we saw <laughs> this weekend, he gives you... We, we've, we were given so many options. But on the Arsenal match, he does give you that extra option and you've got I mean Hughes has only got like you know he can only work with what he's got mm. and and yeah you know he's not going to rise like a salmon like Shane Long for a defensive header but it's one of those things isn't it you throw the dice yeah I mean I mean this is the one of the interesting things I was thinking that that he bought he brought off Mayoshida mm. um, you know to make the attacking substitution we should say like fair play but I thought kind of after you know, the West Ham game that maybe Maya Shida had gone up in the pecking order a bit, I'd have thought perhaps you might have kept him on the pitch more rather than Stevens or Hootsie. Yoshida's a little bit yeah. more experienced. Mm. Um, you know, so I mean, maybe he doesn't necessarily have like all of the ability that Hoots and Stevens have because they, they both have ability, but they both lack that kind of that maturity. Yeah, well, no, that's the problem. That's the entirety of this conversation about a back four or back five is that there is, there's no maturity. It's all been ripped away from us. There's nothing there. It's we're, it's like dancing on ice with those back, with, with those guys, except for the, of the width, the width, Bertrand and Suarez, you're always going to get something yeah. there. But those back two or three in the, you know, it, it's, it's complete roll of the dice every single time. Yeah. And then so the, the game kind of like, I mean, it doesn't really peter out to an end because it was still kind of like end yeah, to end yeah, stuff. So there's still some good chances. Um, we also had uh, Jack Stevens. One of the things that he really does do well oh, is God. break forward from defence. And, you know, Saints have an attack. Obviously, Arsenal, though, this is quite worrying. It's one in about the 90, 91st minute, something like that. Jack Stevens running away with the ball. We're going to have a chance from this. And that... I mean, I'm not going to say the word, but <laughs> I think you can fill in the gaps, listener. That Jack Wilshire, um, okay, bald now as well. Yeah, he shaved it all off, grabbing the the shirt of Stephen so much that he tears, nearly tears it off his back. I didn't even the, the highlights. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, I I thought it was so audacious. 
from the view that we had in the stadium, we're obviously quite far away from the pitch, even though we're quite low down. Yeah. We're still quite par- far away from the pitch at the Emirates. And I was just, I was surprised that the referee didn't stop it. You know, I think he was trying to play an advantage or something. Let's um, just take a minute, look, but then at, look at his shirt. Jack know. Stevens, like probably most human beings, couldn't deal with Wiltshire being that much of a fill in the blank here. And <laughs> he did what we've all wanted to do to that fill in the blank here, Wiltshire. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mean, and he floored him. Yeah. And, and oh. I mean, if you're going to get a red card to so that guy's fine. It's like the equivalent, not Dennis wise, but it's getting along those lines. Mm. I mean, I, I was, do you know what? There's amount of times I've been to see Saints Arsenal at St. Mary's or the Dell. And there's always a red card to Arsenal. I don't know what that was. I, I personally think that Arsenal are a beautiful football club. They get the, you know, ball down and play it beautifully. Fine. Whatever. But there's always a red card. I yeah. just never thought he'd be our player. And Jack, he's a young lad. Fine. Like, you know, and he had his half his shirt torn off. Yeah. But then, yeah, he got sent off and Jesus um, Christ. And then Mohamed El Nenny just does the stupid thing and gets sent off as well, which, you know, just, just totally bizarre. Anyway, I mean, I, I think, you know, let's, let's move on from that game because we've got a lot to cover in this episode. When but, we, but when before we, we do, before we do, yeah. there's a guy behind us what the hell was he on? That was the most insane away ban- banter in inverted commas that I've ever heard in my life. He was absolutely obsessed with the uh, with the uh, Arsenal fans filming the game for Instagram and stuff like that. Get off your phone! Yeah, get off your phone! Literally for fifteen minutes behind us. Yeah, I mean he was much better when we were drawing or when we we're in the lead. <sighs> he was just chanting away as you'd expect. But as, uh, as soon saying, as yeah. we we're losing, he just turns he to was the just, Arsenal fans uh, and chanting for 15 minutes, put your phone away. Oh, I mean, when that's right behind you in your ear, jeez, man. Anyways, that's a point I wanted yeah. to bring up. Come on, guys. Anyway, I was thinking, as we're walking away from the stadium, I thought, you know, if we perform like we had against Arsenal, you know, with that formation, you know, same team again. Obviously, Stevens is is now banned, but you know, let's try and figure out a way so that we can play the kind of uh, five four one uh, formation because it worked very well against them. Mm-hmm. Playing at home against a clearly disinterested Chelsea side, so a Chelsea side that you know, since it's been clear that Conte is not going to be staying at the end of the season, their players have done what Chelsea did. They kind of like go on holiday for rest season. Yeah. Um, you know, you. you you never know. You kind of think you might even score a couple of goals against them and, and, and who knows what could happen. You could potentially get a win. Yeah. So roll forwards to St. Mary's Saturday. God. Early kickoff, lunchtime kickoff. Um, it's the curse of the TV, isn't it? It really is for me anyway. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I don't know if you can say that anymore. I mean, <laughs> No, I think no, it's, I think it's the curse of um, Southampton yeah. season. Yeah. But I mean, what a fantastic performance. Again, we yeah. were getting to the second balls. We were winning the 50-50s. Yeah. The players clearly wanted it more than the Chelsea players. They started that game like they cared and mm. they actually wanted Southampton to win a game and it, get themselves out of trouble. And it looked really, really positive. Yeah, you know, it was, it was amazing to watch it. I mean, genuinely, I, I, it's not... Because I, I, I still personally feel quite shell shocked from that game because I think I, I hark back to the the days where we did do that. I mean, we have been relegated in the past. And I think of the form that we've shown to get relegated, and this is the performance that that basically underlines that fact mm. for me. Anyway, I think you know, but but yeah, we started wonderfully. It was absolutely fantastic. Latiz was saying before the match on Sky, look. If they're gonna get any chance in this game, they've got to get their win backs. You yeah. know, it's gonna, it's gonna, and yeah. Lo and behold, Bertrand, unbelievable. Oh, it's fantastic. You know that run which he came through uh, for the Tadic goal. So about twenty minutes in, bursting forward. Yeah, um, it was a great ball out of defence. He ran onto it beautifully, took it into the box, picked out Tadic, who'd kind of done that great thing of like running forward and then just like stopping down, slowing, you know, giving himself a bit of space. Yeah. around the penalty spot, the ball comes in, he tucks it away. Beautifully, um, you know, beautiful precision finish. Yeah, it was wonderful. It, it actually, it reminded me a little bit like his goal against Everton when we beat them 4-1, his first goal, which again, wow. I think it came Was from, that this season? It was that this, Good this season. Good God. Yeah. Um, that is and depressing. I, I remember, I think it may have been Bertrand, it may have been Redmond, but he got the ball into Tadic. And, and this time he did it with, yeah, I think it was just one 
touch you know straight in a shot that time Tadic did that kind of really beautiful little right to his left and then kind of dinks it past the keeper but yeah Tadic can do a tidy finish when he wants to yeah of course and like his positioning was amazing and I also have to say like before that we were getting some beautiful crosses into the box that were going you know basically unmet which Mm. was a bit and I was getting a bit oh my god come on lads you know but then yeah we, we scored that goal and it was it was it was deserved. It was beautifully created. Chelsea weren't interested. Alonso, like not being able to defend in his, you know, a, a, attack, defend, whatever, and destroy, try and you know, take out Shane Long later down the line. But I thought that that goal was right. Here we go. We're going to do this. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Alonso before we get to half time. I mean, <laughs> that was a horrible, horrible challenge. Yeah, he's gonna. He's gonna. I, I mean, he's got a get like what does he call it retrospective ban because I mean, that's horrific you'd expect so I think this podcast is going to go out on Tuesday so you probably listeners already know what's yeah. happened with that but I mean also the fact that the referee was about five yards away you know clear vision uh, why, why has he not sent him off there well I I think that it is it's Mike Reed, right yeah um, I'm willing I'm willing to bet that he just couldn't be bothered I mean, there's a part of me that just like wants to believe that he was looking for a split second in the wrong direction or that the lino w- was looking again in the wrong direction or the whole of, I mean, it's right in front of Hughes, it's right in front of Conte, it's right in front of everyone. It's a horrific challenge. Any other situation, that's a, that's a straight red. And frankly, that he hasn't seen that is beyond me. I think it's beyond everyone. I, I match the day lot were the same. They couldn't believe it. I can't believe it. And if and if he goes off, it changes the game completely. Absolute one nil half time down to ten. Those Chelsea boys, they're not going to want the game. You know, they, they 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 couldn't give a shit. No, but you know what? It didn't matter because we came out in the second half and we really went for it again. Oh, I know. And, and, and we did that thing that you absolutely you need are to do my heart, when you're mate. Southampton is we got the second goal. You know, we could put ourselves yeah up front. We we could you know gave ourselves a little bit of breathing space. So all we had to do at this point, you know, what is it? I think sixtieth minute. Yeah, yeah. We put minutes, the yeah. the ball in the back of the net again. Yeah. Can you can you, you describe you the goal for me again? Because I've forgotten it. Oh, so uh, we win the free kick kind of about halfway through the um, Chelsea half. Yeah. James Ward-Prowse, who oh. is now on the pitch these days, um, God puts almighty. in a fantastic ball, whipping it right into the back post, where Bednarek, on his Premier League debut, runs in and just beautifully slots it past. It's gorgeous. Uh, it's lovely. I was it? off the sofa. I was absolutely, absolutely convinced we were going to... And this is... I know people aren't going to appreciate me saying this, but I thought we'd lose this game. Um, this isn't based on the fact that we, we we have eventually lost the game, but I was I was convinced we were going to lose. But that finish was that had me off the sofa. We're going to do this, yeah, absolutely. This is our game. We are we are in touching distance of getting out of this complete shithole we've put ourselves in. So the only alarm bell that flashed onto me is like immediately after we scored that goal, Antonio. So thirty minutes to go. You're thinking, right, okay. 2-0 up, 30 minutes to go. We just need to be strong of mind and we can hold on to this. You know, they could potentially get one goal with the quality that they've got. But, you know, as long as we keep mm. concentrated, you know, we could probably defend well enough for half an hour yeah. and prevent them from getting, you know, two goals and heaven forbid getting an equaliser. But the only thing that worried me is immediately after we scored that goal, Conte sends on Giroud. And all Southampton fans know way too much about Giroud. And we've seen him score against us so, so many times. And so when Giroud was on, I thought, well, he's he's definitely going to get a goal against us. Let's hope it's going to be really, really late on and we've still got enough time to defend and keep our lead and we don't end up, you know, coming to a draw. Yeah. Um, it didn't take Giroud very long to make his impact. I think it was less than 10 minutes. But but he did look completely mute up to that point. So I was like, oh, this double substitution crap. You know, what's he done? It's a waste of time. And then suddenly, it's hor- horrific. Yeah. Did, I mean, did he take, was it Alonso came off? Or I, I can't remember. I've got to be honest. Or Giroud. I, I will hold my hands up and say, I don't know. I think I was too much in heaven. I think I was in dreamland. No. Being 2-0 two, two, two up against Chelsea. Our, our stage of the season, no way. Yeah. And But the, the, he did ring the changes. Game management, bring on... But what are you going to do? Bring on a goal scorer? Yeah, all right then. You know, I'll score, score a goal. But what followed was insane. Yeah. 
So Saints have this problem where we concede a goal. And, you know, I think back in the old days, if you go back to the 90s, like Jason Dodd, Do we Franny have to? Well, okay, let's not even go back that way. Let's go back. To <laughs> I just, love the 90s. Let's um, go back, you know, two seasons ago when Virgil van Dijk was playing for Southampton and he cared, you know, before the Liverpool interest. If Saints were suddenly on the back foot like this, he was the kind of person who would lead players, be the leader of men. He'd sort them out. Okay, so we can forget about Van Dyke. Once his head was turned, he wasn't going to be that person. Yeah. And we saw that this season. Heartbreaking. Jose yeah. Font, who he sold to West Ham United for four million pounds. He was the kind of player that, again, would rally the troops. You Absolutely. Know, he, he, he would organise players. Absolutely. Um, and you know, he, he had done all the way from League One up to the Premier League. He demonstrated that he had that leadership quality. Um. It was it was just terrible, wasn't it? But, but you, for you know, me, that- I mean, I, I've seen... So my wife and I went to our first... Our second date. Our first, our second date was Norwich at home. We won 3-0. The second was West Brom away, 0-0. And Virgil van Dijk's debut. I have never seen a centre-back so in control, literally bred to be in that in that squad with the exact players around him. He was an absolute titan. Mm. And I mean, I know this is going into more specifics of where this club has gone wrong, but what we've done to get rid of that guy, I don't know what we've put And Obviously he's been, you know, um, flirted with and what have you, but where we've gone wrong, I, it's, it's beyond me. When we talk about Fontaine and Van Dyke now, I think in my head, just trying to imagine what they would be, what they would have done to a two 0 lead at home against Chelsea. Yeah, you know, put their foot down. No way, you're getting past us now, man. I mean, to be honest, the game at this point in the season probably wouldn't have mattered if we'd had Fonte <sighs> and Virgil Van Dijk in the side. I mean, yeah. or even if we just had had one of them. And, and I'm talking about pre Liverpool flirtation Van Dijk because he was a totally different sort of character and no, certainly not a leader after that. Mm. But it's just so depressing. I mean, I don't know if this is a total broken record, but we we lack leadership mm. on the pitch, um, particularly in defence, and we lack the ability to defend rudimentary crosses. And, you know, when you have someone like Giroud on the pitch, if you're not going to be able to defend rudimentary crosses, you're going to concede a goal. Happened almost immediately. Well, I mean, it was it was sickening to see once again you know Giroud whoever anyone between two of our fucking defenders I was screaming actually do you know what I'm not gonna this is a really for me I did my chin wobbled Mm. I got very emotional I was it was it was hard man it was hard seeing that goal go in because I knew what was going to happen well no I didn't I no one could see that happening three goals in eight minutes no one could see that happening but to have those two centre-backs oh my god what is going on? Three, all, three centre-backs we had on the pitch at this point. All you have to do, right, for an entire week, plus an international break, is get your defenders to head the ball. To head the ball. Giroud comes on. What, what, are you, what are you thinking, chaps? Should we maybe think about getting tight on him, heading the ball? I mean, also what I find quite interesting about this, like if you have three at the back, surely there's a tactical defensive advantage here where you've got an extra man, right? Right. Say... So, I mean, whether you're a proponent of zonal marking or whether you're a proponent of man marking, and we've seen both go horribly wrong for Saints in the past. But I mean, this is the point where you've got three at the back. You've actually got the chance to do all of the above. Absolutely. You could have two central defenders man marking and have one player that just has to attack the ball. So wherever the ball is going to go, just run towards it and just throw your body at it. Yeah. Um, but the cross come, that comes in for Giroud's header. I mean, it, it was great. And it was a great finish for, yeah. for Giroud. I mean, the other two goals kind of annoy me a little bit because again, it's kind of, you're letting Chelsea in and around the area, just around your box. And that's the kind of area where Hazard is really, really dangerous. And also I think we're defending a little bit too deep at this point. So oh, I think, yeah, I think we're a bit panicked and, um, the defenders are staying back. And that means that Hazard has the space to be able to, to do the finish. Mm. Then it's 2-2. And I think at this point, I'm just, I, I think that's the point when everyone knows what is coming. Yeah. Except you, you're, I mean, I'm still recovering from it. I'm, I'm genuinely still recovering. I mean, I think it was the equaliser where I was welling up and just get, I just couldn't believe it um, because I think we're down. But I, I think that Giroud goal is, I mean, 
he's got how much space does he have around mm. him for Christ's sake some it's panic 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 everyone's looking where's the ball where's the ball it's complete panic stations no one's closing him down in the freaking penalty area yeah you know it's it's beyond it's it's yeah it's lamentable it's all, all those things but it's just football it's just defending and it's Giroud. He he's your main man who's yeah. on him you know it's the most basic thing how many goals has he scored against us where is he where's the danger man there he is i'll stand with him then I you know i think to answer your question i think it's seven goals in his nine, nine appearances yeah set against southampton <sighs> right i'm gonna have a moan at referees here now okay go, go on then mate say so, none of that should have happened because chelsea should have been down to 10 men yeah and they shouldn't have had the option to be able to attack like they did when they went for their consolation goal then their equalizer and then their winner um and say, so I'm placing the blame firmly at the hands of the referee for this. Alonso should have been sent off. He should have been down to, to 10 men. Okay. Um, I don't think we can blame Hughes. I know you've said, like, you know, he should have just drilled his defenders just to head the ball for all that time. I don't know if he necessarily knew how bad we were at defending. No, I, I don't blame when, Hughes when at all. Yeah. And I think, you know, you look at the last two games, games against Arsenal, a game against Chelsea, which you could have quite probably expected us to lose both of those but you know again it's the hope that kills you it's the fact that we've managed to get a lead in both of those games um, and still oh, you know, conspire to throw it away yeah so I'm going to blame the ref here Alonso okay, should have been sent off Chelsea should have been down should have been 2-0 waltz to the end oh, yeah, and okay. <laughs> the next one referee uh, in the game against Watford where they scored that blatant handball right <laughs> at the very very end to Man. change it from being 2-1 to Saints to 2-2 okay yeah yeah that's so, harking right. back yeah I think this means that we are five points worse off mm -hmm. plus four goal difference. Okay, that, wow. That, that's the difference between two atrocious, obvious, blatant referee mistakes. I think you're nitpicking, man. I think, like, Saints uh, have got... I mean, so, so Saints deserve to be in the position. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Saints okay. Saints deserve to be in the position. But... Yeah. Referees also... They're, but they're, they're wankers I mean, they're, for everyone. They're part like, of the downfall, aren't they? I, I think a lot... That, okay, what I will say, you are absolutely bang on, in my opinion, with Alonso. They're, that is horrific. Like, it's, yeah. if he gets it in any other pressure point on Long's leg, he's gone. He's broken his leg. And who knows what's going to happen to the little salmon, you know, because he rises like a salmon. Um, but I think, mate, come on, we would... Uh, destined to lose that game as soon as that first one went in yeah. and and yeah no you're right he shouldn't be on the pitch and whatever but we should still be able to defend two more goals we should still be said fucking hell right they've scored one two one let's let's just okay half an hour to go fair play it's still a very long way to go but yeah. in-game management there should be realization from the team front to back we are in that we're in a dogfight here lads two one right batten down the hatches yeah but I, I, blimey, O'Reilly. Maybe, maybe if you've been here three years, we would know what we how to deal with that. It's a pressure. It's a very highly pressurized moment. You know. I, I tell you what, I think is interesting is um, you know, who we look at who's culpable for this. Say, so, you know, I, I've put the blame at the referees. Say, <laughs> we could say the referees. Uh, we could say the lack of leadership. Yeah. In the squad. Um, yeah. We could say, you know, the fact that like our managers haven't taught our defenders how to head the ball or attack crosses and get rid of the ball. Um, but actually, you know, if you look at the way that we've been playing under Hughes, and I don't know, I, I'm going to suspect that this is Hughes's influence because we, we were always abject against um, with Pellegrino. I think there were hardly any games where you could really say that we look like we're going to go out and win games. We got some good draws and I think that's all he was good for was, was getting some good draws. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think you could see after the palace game, especially um, that we really needed to get rid of him. We really needed the change, but this was very embarrassingly just after Ralph Kruger had gone to the press and had a massive interview about how we're sticking with Pellegrino and how it was all Virgil van Dijk's fault that we were in the position that we were. Yeah. And now that yeah. van Dijk was going to leave, aren't you going to see things change? The board are culpable, aren't they? Well, I mean, they, like... They should have got rid of Pellegrino earlier. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking at the way Hughes has 
galvanise the team spirit at least. So oh, yeah, obviously yeah. not West Ham, but the games against Arsenal and Chelsea demonstrate that yeah. we have a squad that is more than capable of staying up, which we all know anyway. Yeah. But we also have players that are able to be motivated. Absolutely. Well. They, they, look, we, we can't kid ourselves here as supporters that we haven't got a squad that can get us out of this situation because we, we have. Categorically, we, can, we have the players that can get us out of this situation. Hughes is doing as best he can. That's evident. Yeah. It's just something's going wrong in the mentality of these players that like you've said previously on this podcast whether it's international break whether it's the World Cup or a fucking transfer deal that's coming down the road who knows what is going on in that dressing room but it's deeply upsetting Mm. to know that these lads like I remember when Newcastle went down I was looking at them going you technically you're amazing Mm. but they still went down Southampton are going to have that we're going to and how many of those are are we going to lose but when you talk about the board It's all about hollowing out the club for me. This club has been slowly hollowed out and that's why we're going down. It's as simple as that. So can can you explain that a little bit? Well, I'd say that since we went up, we had that spirit. We came up with that fire, that engine, that passion that drove us. Okay, yes, we got rid of Adkins. I cried when he left, believe it or not. I was in my kitchen. I remember my mate text me. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but what a wonderful man. And um and we had that fire, that belief, that energy, that that the youth team that came through, yeah. everything behind us, what we'd been through to get back into the Premier League. And then we slowly started. It was like a real band of brothers. It was. It it was a band of brothers, uh, mate. I remember Richard Chaplow talking about this in the episode where we interviewed him, and you could really sense for him he was talking about one of the best best times of his life. You know, when they talk about Leicester winning the title, yeah, it was the togetherness. It had been the fact they'd gone through adversity, they'd come back, and that. Yeah, exactly, mate. I'm, I mean, for me, it was seeing. I think we went up against Coventry at last game of the season, and the Ox scored an absolute screamer. I was at the chapel end, not my favourite end, but there it was. And I just remember thinking, we're up. Like this is this is dreamland, fantastic. But then we finally we finally got a result. We was like literally ten games without a goddamn win under Atkins. We finally got a result, and I knew we were going to go for it. I knew it. it I did. I. I we were never going to get relegated. I knew it. It the, that was the passion, the the belief in the club, the the filling of the club mm. has now been taken away because they've. And, and, uh, and do you think Atkins is the turning point? Because I mean, there's a very strong argument here that you could say, well, it was heartbreaking when they got rid of Atkins. I remember just thinking, wow, we're one of those clubs that will get rid of someone who's had double promotion. But mm. the fact is, we brought in Pochettino, who was fantastic. Yeah, and then when no. he left. Yeah. We, brought, we brought in Kuman and he did fantastically well for Saints as well. And we had European football, yeah. you know, we've had um, all of this, you know, they're rising up through the Premier League. We've been started some season so strongly that we've been in like second place after like 10 games. Mate, it's not Adkins. It's not getting rid of Adkins. So, so where's the hollowing out happen? What point, what point has, has the Southampton way, which served us so well for like four or five seasons yeah. or, or even a little bit longer if you go back to kind of well, it's getting, one of 10 points. It's getting rid of Lallana, isn't it? It's getting rid of Shaw. It's um, it's getting rid of uh, Chambers, you know. Okay, Chambers wasn't, you know, all that, but he bloody well, bloody would have, would have been. Yeah. It's it's allowing, it's, it's taking the money. What is, what is Southampton capable of doing? How can we turn that into money? How can we monetize Southampton Football Club to the point where we roll the dice, we sell a player, we sell Wanyama, we get Romeo in, whoever, whatever, and it works. It's completely rolling the dice. It's a fucking gamble. The whole thing is a gamble. And it has, it, it paid and do you off. Think our luck has just run out. It's completely run out. And all the pundits were saying, oh, do you know what? This season, Southampton, you know, when, 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 when we start to go downhill around November, December, they were saying we're too good to go down. There, there are far worse teams around us. That's bollocks. There and, are far worse squads around us. Right. Okay. But there's the team spirit. I mean, you know, you can't look at Swansea. I, I mean, I can't, I, I was watching them yesterday, match today. I was like, we can't, we can't, we played them now. God knows what's going to happen to us. But the, but what I'm talking about, the hollowing out of the club, is I think a lot of Saints fans will feel. I think we go down, there are a lot of people that feel, do you know what? I don't mind if we go down because it will take us, maybe in a kind of like a melancholy way, it will mm. take us back to what we what we were when we went down to get back to where we needed to be. But the sad thing is we've only been up. We really haven't been up long enough to think, Oh, you know, we've achieved enough. When we came back up for me, I was like, we're going to, we're going to do things, man, you know? 
And and we we did. We got into the Europa League for Christ's sake. Yeah. Now look at us. I mean, it's it is. I'm actually feel quite emotional about this. I, I I'm not going to cry or anything. But I think there are an awful lot of fans out there that feel like this that, that literally could shake their heads and go, "Hang on, two years ago we were fucking beating uh, Inter Milan." You know, at well, home. I mean, I, I think it's almost two years ago, exactly to the point when Southampton were 2 0 down at St. Mary's against a decent side, um, which was Liverpool. And Jurgen Klopp was giving it large up and down the, the line, you know, doing his kind of like pantomime, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know what. <laughs> I love but, Klopp. I love him. Um, I've got to be honest. But I, I tell you what I loved even more was when we turned that game around and Ronald oh. Koeman just gave it back yeah. in absolute bucket loads, like sprinting down the line to celebrate. There you go, but mate. The, you know, that was the, the spirit of, of the Southampton team. We were going somewhere. And, um, you know, we'll say, who is the last team to have won at White Hart Lane? Uh, obviously, except for Tottenham. <laughs> But, you know, Southampton, you know, they were the last team to to defeat Tottenham at at White Hart Lane. You know, that that was the season when they came second, you know. Yeah. There's there's been so much great stuff with Southampton. But you know what I think the problem is, is I think that the board, so the board have done very, very well. They've been very successful. So if you think about kind of like Les Reed, I mean, his involvement has been from kind of lower leagues all the way up. And, you know, you cannot argue that from when we're in, minus 10 points in League One when the Lieber family took over when Marcus yeah. Lieber bought the club things have gone incredibly well up until the second half of last season I okay. think it, you know that that's I feel like is that is the point where things start to go downhill and I think the problem is is that you know the choppy and changing say okay say an offer comes in for Luke Shaw or Callum Chambers or whatever mm. and you end up selling because you know you've got pressure from the players they want to leave blah 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 so you let them go you bring in different players and you improve and you're like, Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And do you think, Oh, that was a lucky roll of the dice and we've got a good player. Or do you think, Oh, actually it's that little black box. It's the, all the things. No, you know, it's complete and, luck, mate. But, but this is the thing, right? So when you're at work and a project goes well, right? You turn around and you're like, Oh yeah, well, you know, yeah, because of this guy. Right. Yeah. Um, Oh, oh, me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little old me over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's why it all went so brilliantly. Um, and then they did that so many times over. Like every time we sold on a player for big money, we seemed to be able to bring in someone who could do a job and we kept on improving and improving and improving. Now, I think most Southampton fans would realise that if we had kept that core that came up mm. um, and then established themselves in the Premier League in that kind of Atkins, Pochettino season, you know, the thought of having Schneidlin and Lalana and Klein and Luke Shaw and Fonte. You're going to make me cry again. Um, all together. Oh, God. You know, with Ricky Lambert and that, that, firing Jay Rodriguez. Okay, that's Champions League. That's a Champions League contending squad. It, it, that, I mean, that, that's what you think. And I, th- I think you're right. And actually, so maybe all these improvements that we made were not you know, we kept on going up in the league. But how far can you go? And like, and how many, how many rolls of the dice when you get, when Mane? But, but, but that's the thing. The, the problem is, is the board didn't think they were rolls of the dice. They thought that they had solved football. They thought they'd figured it out. And so, every time someone leaves, you think, and I was starting to feel confident as well, you know, like, oh, Puel's gone. Okay, so he did all right. You know, he got us eighth on the table, got us to a cup final. But the football was pretty dour at the end of last season. Um, yeah, it wasn't enjoyable to watch. So I was quite happy for them to roll the dice thinking, yeah. oh, they're probably going to bring in like another Pochettino type, you know, some unknown Argentine manager who's got like way more about him than any of us can ever expect. Yeah. Uh, and this roll of the dice just hasn't worked. But it's that whole problem of believing their own hype. And then also, I think Ralph Kruger and his interview and, and like not sacking him because he'd come out and publicly said, oh, we're going to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's embarrassing. But what's yeah. more embarrassing? Saying, oh, actually, I made a mistake. I gave that interview because I wanted to show the manager some support. We thought he could you know, win a couple of games. But actually, yeah. on reflection, a few games later, we we've kind of realised that, you know, mm. it was too little, too late. But they weren't used to that, though. To to give Kruger credit, or not credit, I don't know, They those lads, right, Reed they, they, and all they, that, they, they're not used to talking about a relegation scrap and a manager that's ba- potentially taking us down. 
what do we do here with the press? Shit, you know, do we do we do we get on his uh, get behind him, back him? Oh God, what's this going to do? What's it going to do with the fans? You know, they don't know what they're doing. Sorry, but yeah. they don't. Right, they do. Sorry, I just I do want to just finish on. I think there are plenty of fans out out there that feel the same way about me, the hollowing out of the club, and I think when when the dust has settled and we are down, hopefully our supporters will actually do something about this. I just, I just, I think we're too polite and nice, but that's just, anyway, I'm not going to, I'm inciting, I'm inciting craziness. Portius, Get out there. Yes, the pirate. The pirate. is a band of brothers. I want to see some protests, man. Come on. And right. can you pass a bottle opener? Yeah. Another beer. So, um, <laughs> I am now going to try and make the case for us staying up. Okay, so after all of that discussion. So our next game is on Thursday night. It's against Leicester City. We were absolutely humiliated by Leicester. 4-1 at St. Mary's. I think this was very much Claude Puel's revenge. Um, I think now we need to get our revenge on Leicester for that absolute abject humiliation. Okay. It was awful, awful. And I'd also say that if we perform like we have in the last two games... We can do it. I think you're right. I, 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 the thing is, Hughes, he's been, he's only been here a little while. He's clearly got the team playing. And I think, like I said earlier, when it took us a long time to get going under Adkins in the Premier League, I think obviously Hughes has got plenty of Premier League experience, but I think there's a result out there that could give us belief. I'm not, I'm, I'm hope, I hope it's not that kind of belief that ends up breaking our hearts. But I think, if we are going to turn the Titanic, it's going to be against Leicester. Well, I think it has to start on Thursday, doesn't it? I mean, we've Absolutely. only got five games left. Oh, God almighty. We're five points behind, right? So I'm now going to read out the remaining fixtures. And I want you to come up with a prediction okay. for how many points we'll have left at the end of the season. You better read them out slowly because I'm going to have to think about this. Okay. I mean, you can just say it and then I'll toss it up in my head if you oh, like. All right then, mate. Okay. So Thursday, Leicester City away. <sighs> One all, I think. One point, okay. One point, yeah. Bournemouth at home. Fucking hell. At, at, at Saints 2-0. Four points. Everton. Sam Allardyce. Checked out this season. Everton away. Goodison Park. Can we do it? Is, I, there, is there a point there for a taking? Is there three points I, there? Look, I mean, okay, I'm being generous. A point. I'm a being, point? Yeah, I think so, because I saw them against Swansea and they were hopeless. Okay. So, yeah. So five points. Yeah. Then away at Swansea, one of our relegation we'll, battles. We're going to lose that. that. You think we're going to lose that? Yeah, yeah, we'll lose that game. Absolutely. Okay. The Man City at home. I think we'll beat them. You think we're going to beat Man City at home? Yeah, I think we are because like, City well, would have won the title. They already have won the title. Well, they, they won it today. Have they won it today? Yeah. <laughs> oh, flipping heck. Oh my, well, of course we're going to beat them. I thought, they, I was okay, yeah, fair play. God, I... Uh, I should have been paying attention. <laughs> I was I was watching Britain's Got Talent. I wasn't. I really wasn't. No, they they won today um, because um Jay Rodriguez uh, scored for West Brom ah. as West Brom, the bottom side, beat Manchester United. <laughs> what really? Yeah, genuine. Oh my god. I thought that was Oh my god. I know for our listeners this news is like three days old now or two. Days I know, old. but it's this... quite funny breaking this to William sat next to me. <laughs> But what? 2-0, two, 2-1? Two two what say, was it? Say, hang on, but let, let, let's just go back. To, it was 1-0. Let's get back to us. So you Bloody think Leicester, hell. we're going to get a point. Bournemouth, okay. we're going to get three. So that's four. Everton, we're going to get a point. So that's five. And you actually think we're going to beat the Premier League champions at home on the last day of the season? Of course we bloody are. <laughs> Look, I'm not being... I'm not being... I'm not like beating the drum of crazy, crazy up the Saints. But we've done that before. We've beaten City plenty of times. I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware of how mad that sounds, considering where the situation we're in now. But if we can do what we did to Chelsea, we'll be fine. I think we will beat Man City at home. I think that we've got everything uh, at home. That is that. Bearing in mind, you know, away would be a completely different story because City would never allow that. But I think they will. I think that they're, if we can really get in, you're telling me before a World Cup, if we go in as physically as we did against Chelsea, that the Man City players are going to be like, oh, right, up for that. They will be they will be scared out their minds if we go flying in. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll beat them. Absolutely. Okay, so that means Saints finish the season with 36 points. Uh, okay. Should we figure out if that's going to be enough for them? 
Go on then. I think you've got the answer here. So Brighton, they're currently on 35 points. They've got five games remaining and they have to play Burnley. They won't get anything. Is it at home or away? Uh, I can't remember where it's home or away. Well, they won't get anything against Burnley. And their other four fixtures are against the current top four. Yeah, they're down. We'll relegate them. <laughs> so you think Brighton are not going to get another point for the rest of the season? Five games, zero points. Look, I mean, if you, the top four, I mean, they're all... Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tight pack. That's a, They're jostling. Uh, yeah, I think... I think I, I Seriously, I can't see them getting anything against... But Burnley are fighting harder than any of them. They're thinking... Europe. Euro- Europa League, like another team. Okay, that we're so Bryson finished on 35. We're going to make this speedy. Okay, Huddersfield, so, yeah. 35 points at the moment. They've got four games left Everton, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City. How many points are they going to get? Everton, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, Huddersfield. <laughs> They'll get maybe three against Everton. I think they're going to get. I, I had naught to six points down in my prediction. I'm, so I'm thinking three points. So let's go three points. That leaves them on 38. Yeah, West Ham six games remaining. So this includes Monday night. So our listeners might know the answer of this against Stoke. Probably uh, expect them to win. There. Yeah, they'll win against Stoke. Yeah, um, they've also got Arsenal, Man City, Leicester, Man United, and Everton. Again, Everton. They'll pick up points there. They'll pick so up. So we're going to have there. six points in total, which means they're going to finish on forty points this season. Yeah, Palace four games left. Watford, Leicester, Stoke, West Brom. Well, they'll win all of those. I think they're also going to get 12 points. Yeah. That's why I put down for that. I think they're going to win all their yeah. games, uh, which leaves them they were, on yeah. 46 points. Yeah, I mean, West Ham and Palace, I'd say they're out of it anyway. Really. Um, Swansea, five games left. Man City, Chelsea, Bournemouth, Saints and Stoke. <sighs> I think Swansea, you've given them three points against Saints. So what are yeah. they going to pick up from Stoke, Bournemouth, Chelsea and Man City? They'll probably, mate, I mean, this is a heartbreaker, but they'll probably... Yeah, they'll, they're going to get points there, big style. Uh, I just said big style. Um, I don't know. I think we're looking at nine at least there. Nine. Gen- genuinely, like I think I think they'll they've got Calval. They've okay. got the right guy there. So that leaves them with forty two and Stoke. They've got five games left. West Ham, who said they're going to lose to mm. Burnley, Liverpool, Palace, who they said they're going to lose to, yeah. and Swansea. They won't get anything out of that lot. So you're going to get zero points. They're yeah. going to finish on twenty seven. Um, I haven't included West Brom in this because I've made this little bit before. Where are they now then? They um, won against Man United, but they're now, I think, on 26 points potentially. Let's have a little look at 20, the table. 26 No, points. 24 points. Okay. So, I mean, that's still, they're pretty much out of it, aren't they, really? They've got four fixtures left. Let's have a look at the West Brom fixtures just to make sure. I, I personally feel, though, that West, West Ham Palace are out of this. West I mean, Brom have got Liverpool... Newcastle, Tottenham and Palace. Yeah. So um, we've already got them losing to Palace. I don't think they're going to get anything against Tottenham, are they? No. I think West Brom are gone, man. But but, but beating Man United away from home, that's extraordinary. I mean, you just don't know, do you? You don't know. I mean, that's terrifying. But you're talking to someone who already think, I already feel that Saints are down though. Like, Yeah, you already think Saints are down, but based on your predictions... uh Aha. Um, Tell me West something. Brom finished bottom. Yeah. Stoke finished second bottom. Yeah. Brighton get relegated. Blimey. With 35 points. And Saints are one position above relegation on 36 points. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I, I just don't know. Like, Brighton, I mean, I'd, I, I don't want to see Brighton go down. I, I like Brighton. I've been to see them a couple of times. And, and I also love this city itself. But um, gen, 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 genuinely, man, I can't see them getting anything against those lads. That 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 fixture list, which which means that I think thirty six points is the magic number, which means that eight points is what we need to get from our remaining league fixtures. So Leicester, Bournemouth, Everton, Swansea, Man City, fifteen points to play for. It's still possible. It's still possible. But I, I mean, I feel that. I, I I feel we'll, we'll beat City at home uh, and I, I think we can get a draw. The, the, the starting point is Leicester because I feel that we've done enough. We've got, okay, we've got spanked, well, spanked, we've, we've, we've shipped 12 goals, however, in what the last four matches, but I, I still think there's something there. I still think like Hughesy, if he can keep the team, if he can keep it going and just trying to eradicate that mad eight minutes, yeah. then we can go against Leicester. I really do feel that, you know? I think, you know, Leicester, Bournemouth, Everton, Swansea. We've got four games here. Yeah. 
Man City at the end. I mean, I don't think we're going to get anything. But I think from those four games, there's 12 points available. It could I mean, be out of our hands, though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If, 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 if any of those fixture lists that you, you read out about Swansea, and I, my predictions are, you know, pretty ill thought out. But if any of those go against us, we're fucked anyway. So yeah. it's kind of like irrelevant. It's like, yeah, we could, we could win all our remaining games, but we're five points in this shit, you know? Pardon my language, by the way, listeners. I've been swearing like a crazy man. Right. So anyway, it's still possible. There's still hope. Don't check out yet. Get behind the boys on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, then, on the uh, ugly inside, they were saying that, you know, as a guy got up and he was like, look, it's still mathematically possible we can get behind it. And I did feel that, you know, yeah. but... Okay, so let's let's talk about happier things. Let's okay. forget the Premier League competition. Okay. And let's talk about the FA Cup. Oh, wonderful. Excitement. So we're in a semi-final against Chelsea, <laughs> who we know... I d- although... Look, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm actually feeling quite positive after yesterday because we know okay. we can beat them. Oh, okay, yeah. They also know how weak we are, but I think that's only because it matters. Yeah. In the FA Cup semi-final, we've got nothing to lose. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I mean, I was trying to... I was talking about this uh, with my wife earlier and I was thinking, like, you know, I was thinking out loud, you know, what are the different, di- what are the different dynamics of a, of, of a team that have just been completely destroyed in eight minutes by, you know, the opposition and, and, and they go to Wembley. What's, what are the dynamics there? You know, in, in your mind as a team, Saints get out to Wembley Stadium, they look around them warming up, They've, they can momentarily forget that it's Chelsea. I mean, hopefully Alonso will be banned for that game. He's nice freaking well better, man. Like um, Anyway... I feel we can beat Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, okay. There are still tickets available. Really? Yeah. Get out and get there them, are, lads. There are still tickets. Get out. Get, if you're sat on the fence, so I can understand people sometimes have reasons to, to not go to matches. I totally understand that. But if you're sat on the fence, you're thinking, do I want to go and watch Saints at Wembley? Or do I not want to go and watch them at Wembley? Can I just remind you of the last time we were in an FA Cup semi-final? So I'm going to tell my story here. 2003 beautiful my oh. father and i my brother missed out on a ticket so my brother desperately desperately wanted to go and he couldn't go because we only had two season tickets and one membership and it didn't get to the point where it has got to um here with saints where the tickets are available to anyone who basically wants one and can be bothered to register on the saints website yeah so we go there me and my dad we drive up to birmingham we park up we start walking towards the stadium we think Let's go to the pub before the game. We get to one of the pubs, which has kind of been designated for Southampton fans, and we just get there, and it's a sea of red and white, and there's Wee. like Saints fans, like singing, flags waving, <sighs> scarves, you know, and, and we we genuinely we couldn't physically get into the pub, but yeah. we just kind of like yeah. walked up to it and stood outside and sang along with the fans. Amazing. And it was just Amazing. so brilliant. You know, it yeah. felt like such a good day. It was a sunny day as well. Beautiful. Got into the into um, Villa Park, which love proper old school football ground, you know, four sides, uncomfortable seats, you know, perfect. Yeah, um, yeah right, yeah. So getting there, um, you know, Saints fans like seeing all the way through and, and you know, and who can forget the like absolute romance of Brett Ormerod, you know, one of the most socks down fashionable yeah. like players of all time to get that oh. winning goal to send Saints through to the final. Yeah. That, my friends, is what you can miss if you don't get your ticket. Yeah, and I'll, I'll back you up, man, because I was there with my dad. We drove up and I, I've never, I'd never been to a, as big a stadium. I was blown away, blown away by it. Um, ab- I, I, it was in heaven, man. Absolutely unbelievable. But yeah, to your point with the red, red and white army, what a better occasion to feel like this, this could genuinely be our last big day out for a very long time. You know, if we go, if we go down until our next Johnston's paint trophy final. Exactly, mate. But what a day out that was. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like this, You've got to put it into perspective. We probably won't. We, we, when are we going to be in this position again? Mate, if, if, if we're talking to one listener here, I'm going, to, I'm going to put this out there, man. If you buy a ticket, we will, we will meet up with you and we'll have a jolly good pint with you. Um, and so, um, <laughs> I think you know, that's perfect time to probably end the podcast. So but hang on, what scorelines are going to be? Are we going to beat them? Or are we yes, gonna... we we are going to beat Chelsea. We're yeah. going to beat them 
maybe 2-0. We're going to do what we did on yeah. Saturday and we're not going to have the City eight minutes. Okay. Um, I don't know. I just feel that we're going to beat them. I feel that we're going to have an FA Cup final. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we might do kind of what Wigan did. I think we might win the FA Cup. We okay, might get down. I mean, we might just get to the final, become runners up um, and still go down. You know, I, I hope that's not... But okay. Europa League but though, you I know. genuinely think <laughs> we're going to... We're going to beat Chelsea. Yeah. Having seen us against Arsenal, having seen the performance against Chelsea, I think we. I think without the pressure, and I think the players will kind of realise that you know we've come. We're coming to the end of an era. Yeah. Of Southampton Football Club, I think whatever mm. happens at the end of the season, we're going to have a bit of a a reshuffle. We've got a new owner. This is the end of the Lieber era. Yeah, right. Katrina's still got a 20% stake. We've still got a lot of the players from that time. Mm. And, you know, let's hope that before the ship sinks, it yeah. can have one last, you know, moment in the sun. Yeah, I feel and, like we've and, got a fight there. And I think we're going to beat Chelsea. Um, if you want to meet up with us, I mean, yes. I'm going to be coming from a stag do. So oh, man. I might, I might be hanging. Oh, I'm my just going to put that out there. Um, just so, hold a little back, you know, hold yeah. a little bit back. But we're happy to, to meet up in the pub. So get in contact, Podcast at gmail.com. Um, thank you to all of those who emailed in. Jason, I know you sent me an email about the Arsenal game. Um, send us an email after the, the semi-final after the game against Leicester and we'll, we'll, we'll have a little discussion on that on the next podcast if you want to follow us on it, Twitter it's at Saints FC Podcast if you want to get free beer it's, Saint, uh, it's beer52.com forward slash Saints if you live in South London and you want to get your garden done it is <laughs> PortiusBlytheGardens.com um, and if you want to listen to a podcast about politics with Porteous, the <laughs> Southampton supporting uh, gardening pirates, um, it's yeah. the Limehouse podcast. The Limehouse podcast or at limehousepod.com. Excellent. <laughs> Just someone beeped over in that entire... Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. London at Limehouse pod. Yeah. That's our uh, Twitter thing <laughs> okay anyway we can still do this we it, can it's, it's still possible we can. keep the faith believe come on you reds oh when the suits and that's it from us bye bye yeah. bye bye